guys, welcome to another episode of Badass Unscripted. I want to zoom in on the coach this week. And let's contemplate for a few minutes what kind of mindsets an ideal coach would possess and exhibit on a routine basis to make him or her more successful. Maybe this is obvious, maybe it's not. But I feel like in sports, for example, a coach may be more instructive, a bit like a trainer. And even though they're working together on some kind of growth or some kind of journey, I feel like an agile coach literally co-creates agility with their teams. What does that mean? I don't think a coach is somebody who comes in and teaches and installs or downloads a set of precise practices, rituals, templates, and behaviors onto a team. And I feel that way because my experience is that there's no such thing as one-size-fits-all agile. A smaller team behaves differently than a bigger one. A technical team behaves much differently than a non-technical one. And a team in a small entrepreneurial organization behaves differently still than a Fortune 500 company or a top four brand. And it's that collaboration with a team who remember every time you assemble a new team, you've got a new set of personalities. It's probably not repeated anywhere else over the course of your career anywhere in the world. So discovering the characteristic of the team, that unique union with different people, figuring out what works for them, what they'll respond to, where they're already at a great level of maturity and where they're completely green is part of that co-creation and discovery process. So I think in contrast, if you have a coach who believes they know the way and their purpose is to simply download those instructions for other people to follow and they walk away, I think that's a mistake. I think they have to be highly observant, highly emotional intelligent so that they can figure out as their most important job the way to communicate with and inspire everyone in the room to reach their destinations organically. Meaning, they've got to tap into the root cause and the vision of every single person in the room so that they know how to reach them, how to motivate them, how to push them, and when to ease off. How to know when they're having a rough day and they need a different kind of counsel. That's co-creation and collaboration to me. Another mindset that a coach must have is to celebrate and encourage failure. You should be able to do this so well that you can take an organization where the failure word is a dirty word, it's an F word, and you can transform it into something that we chase, we celebrate. We love failure because it's our greatest teacher. Failure shows us unforgettably and immediately what doesn't work so that we can very quickly get up and learn the skill of recovering quickly so that we can move on to what does work faster. If you do one thing really well, it should be this and it would be a miracle because it's hard to do. So ingrained are we that failure has a negative association, that failure is a reflection of our worth. Well, abject failure is, sure. Complete and total mission failure is unsavory at best. But the small interim failures, I think we should call them failures. Too many people want to change that word. Now call them experiments if you like, but a failure is still a failed experiment. We have so much emotional baggage tied to it that's unnecessary. And if you knew how much waste it created and how much it slows us down, you would be of the same mind that I am. That We've got to stop it. We've got to change it. Another mindset, focus on learning. 
Beware the coach who says there is a destination and I can get you there in three months or six months. I much prefer the coach who takes two perspectives. Number one, that it's an evolution. And number two, that's not a way for me to guarantee 10 years of consulting work for myself. As a matter of fact, I should still be gone in six months or a year, whatever feels comfortable, because I need someone else to grow into my role. I want someone else on the team to emerge either on a rotating basis or someone may just snap right into that role and actually take over the coaching role for the team. That's the whole point of coaching, is to create a team that's self-sustaining, that becomes a small learning organism. You're there to teach them to learn how to learn. You give them rails, you give them practice, and once they've got it, you should be able to move away. So the very first thing a coach knows when they join a team is they can picture the date on which they'll leave the team intentionally, knowing that they've done their most important work, which is to generate their own coaches. Here's another thing that I love to see in coaches, and it doesn't happen very often. I believe that the job of a coach is to help individual people reach their outcomes. One could argue that you're being paid to help the organization reach its outcomes. But if you know me well, you know my philosophy, and that is people will never help you hit their outcomes unless they are somehow hitting their own. Now, a lot of organizations won't invest time, won't get behind helping individual people reach their outcomes because ultimately they believe it's not important, that it has no bearing on the organizational objectives, and that if the people get up and leave, they take all of this empowerment with them when they go. I disagree. I think that until you know your people and you care about what they care about and you help them get a little bit closer to whatever it is they want, that's all the fuel that they need to want to step up and hit home runs for the organization. Most powerfully, when you figure out how to connect what they value to what the organization values, they will figure out a reason to get out of bed and go work for XYZ Corporation every single day. You won't have to coach them and you won't have to motivate them because that stuff will already be there. Now here's another thing about a coach that you should consider. As a coach, I have a very specific vision and mission in life, but my job is not to get people to help me achieve that vision. It's for me to help them achieve theirs. That is to say, this is not about me teaching them to become who I want them to become, but rather who they want to become. I don't get to say what a great performing team looks like necessarily. Greatness emerges in each one of us, organically, slowly, and over time. The job as a coach is to watch for it and to nurture it. The last thing I would suggest to you if you're a budding coach or an existing coach is make sure that you maintain a consistent, positive mental attitude. You focus on what is possible and what is working well, not on what is working poorly. Yes, you should be able to identify gaps and you should be expert at helping people fill them. You should know what kinds of practices and drills they have to run and what kind of mindsets they have to adopt in order to get better. But ultimately, you should be focused at all times on maintaining a positive mental attitude. You know why? Because it's contagious. When you get down or get defeated, when you give in to bitterness or negativity, you're giving them permission to do the same. You know, thinking about all the different teams that I've coached in my life, one of the things that's so important is how you show up 
when things get hard. So let me ask you the question, what do you think? What do you believe makes a great coach, either from your experience coaching or your experience of being coached? What helps you the most? Send in your comments, your thoughts, your feedback. Love to hear it. Guys, once more, I'm grateful for each and every one of you. Thank you for tuning in week in, week out. I love you guys just because you're crazy. So let me see you here next week once again. And until then, stay badass. Stay badass.